Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today I am answering a question about dominance and submission games in the bedroom. And uh, this is a question that actually came out of our one of our anonymous questions that I wanted to tackle separately because I get a lot of questions about this. And I actually posted this on the blog as a post uh, a little bit ago, but I hadn't gotten around to recording a podcast episode for it, so I thought I'd do that tonight as I had some free time. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about two things. The first is I just released a survey today on uh, what do couples do when they have differing sex drives? What happens when one wants sex when the other one doesn't? How do you manage that in your marriage? What's your dynamic? And uh, basically, how do you solve those problems? Do you solve those problems or do they just end up uh, causing hurt? Because this is something that happens in a lot of marriages and I get a lot of questions about this from both sides of it. The other thing I wanted to let you know about is that you have two days left to uh, join as one of our supporters to get this exploration list free. Uh, I'm giving it out to any uh, $5 plus supporters this month. So if you're already a supporter, there's an email going out at the end of the month. Uh, If you had thought about supporting us and wanted to check out what the supporters forum is like, uh, frankly, it's amazing. People love it. And uh, if you wanted to see what it's like, uh, now's a good time to check it out. But for now, let's get back to the topic at hand. Now, as I said, I get a lot of questions about uh, kind of dominance and submission play in the bedroom. Mostly everyone wants to know if it's okay and if they're the only ones doing it. I have a couple posts on bondage. Uh, You can see the links in the show notes. And we've talked about submission in terms of marriage structure, but I don't think I've ever tackled the idea of power exchange games in the bedroom before. And last month, I got a question from our anonymous have a question page on this topic. And rather than tackle it with all the other anonymous questions of the month, uh, which I hope to be posted soon, um, I thought I'd write uh, its own post for it and uh, do a podcast episode for it because this is another question that comes up a lot and I think people want to know more about it. So the question was simply, they write, this is pretty embarrassing to ask, but I enjoy calling my husband sir in bed we enjoy our submissive slash dominant roles in marriage to be played out in sex as well he he felt weird about it at first but now loves it i read your post a while ago where you mentioned that humiliation isn't good for your partner in the long term would you consider this to be humiliation what about the trend to call men daddy in bed and this question was pretty interesting to watch in our supporters forum. A few guys responded first saying they didn't get the whole daddy thing. And then my wife jumped in and said uh, that playing with dominance can be pretty arousing. And then a bunch of other wives jumped in and all chiming their agreement. And I find this happens a fair bit. Everyone is silent until someone speaks up. And then a bunch of people jump in and say, oh, we, yeah, we do that too. And often people don't have a name for what it is that they're doing. In fact, uh, a known acronym in some circles is TTWD, or that thing that we do, uh, which usually refers to just like spanking or similar activities, but is sometimes extracted to include any activities that fall kind of within that whole BDSM umbrella. And it regularly happens that people will email me saying, hey, we do this thing, are we the only ones? And they'll describe it, and I'll tell them the name for it. Uh, And it's handy to have a name because, for one, it's usually a lot shorter than that thing that we do with a description, and it's less vague, and it helps them know that they're not alone. I mean, if it has a name, then clearly enough people are doing it that they named it. And in this case, the wife is describing a power exchange game, and 
even explains that for her, it's an extension of their complementarian marriage. But the truth is that this is often a turn on for those in egalitarian marriages too. And if you're complementarian, then you might find it arousing to extend or even go more strongly into these roles in your bedroom. If you're egalitarian, you might find it arousing to play with your roles that you don't typically don't exercise. So I don't want this to turn into an egalitarian versus complementarian argument, but I do tend to lead more towards a hierarchical structure, though I'd argue I don't resemble what uh, most egalitarians call complementarian at all, so it's hard to give a name to my exact stance. Personally, I'm starting to think that both complementarians and egalitarians are each on opposite but equally equally wrong uh, kind of radical sides. But today, instead, I hope we can talk uh, just about power exchange play, you know, uh, also known as submission submission versus dominance play or DS play. And that is you're doing it for fun for the purposes of arousal. But in order to do that, we might have to delve a bit into marriage dynamics. And I hope that the comments will focus on the play aspect. However, if you do want to start a fight about complementarianism versus egalitarianism, then you uh, you might want to check out uh, three other posts that I'll post in the show notes uh, because there's already been a big battle going on there for years. You are more than welcome to join it. So let's start with what is power exchange play? Uh, Playing with dominance and submission is a type of power exchange play. Uh, That is, uh, one person is giving up power and the other is taking it. our lives are full of power exchange dynamics. You know, children and parents have a power exchange dynamic uh, with a parent having control over the children. Employee, employers and employees have a power exchange dynamic. So do government officials and the population, police and the citizens, officers and enli- enlisted. These are all voluntary consensual exchanges of power that everyone is more or less okay with. What sometimes upset people is that when you move that into marriage and sometimes even more when you move it into the bedroom because even though it's still a consensual voluntary exchange of power between two adults it's now about sex and that makes a lot of people nervous and while it's good that our society is moving to be more cognizant about improper uses of power we unfortunately sometimes swing too far and look at any type of power exchange uh, as bad even when it's for our benefit and when we enjoy it. And this has had an interesting effect on making a power exchange uh, a very taboo thing. The whole equality slash feminine movement has caused this dynamic where you're not allowed to want to be submissive as a woman. Housewives are now often looked down on for choosing to stay at home. People who choose, whether due to belief or just personal preference, to live in a complementary marriage are demonized and told that they're being abusive or being abused. In fact, I've had to prune my follow list on social media because this war between egalitarianism and complementarianism is so toxic from both sides that neither side is reflecting Christ, especially the Christians. And my point is that this has created a culture where power exchange has the potential to be considered, yeah, really taboo. It's going against the grain, against what most of society, both Christian and secular, because frankly, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference in these arguments, um, tells us is right. And a lot of people find that really arousing, uh, especially the rebels out there. And and so this brings us to this question of that is submission humiliation. And this is where I think people get hung up because 
um, of this whole feminist movement, particularly the later stages, there has been this growing push for women to be completely independent, not beholden, submitted, submitting, or under anyone or anything. And if that's the case, then yeah, I could see that why you would think that submission would equal humiliation. I would imagine some of those in egalitarian marriages feel the same way, particularly those who claim having dominance over something is abusing it. But in a complementarian view, submission isn't humiliating at all. It's a willing submission for your own benefit. If anything, it's a position of power. It first requires you that you understand that your will is yours to do with as you like, and you have the right to give control over it if you desire. And I see this in our relationship with God. We don't submit because we have no choice. At least I, I don't believe that we do. I believe that it's that choice, it's that gift of free will from God that allows for our submission to him. In fact, it's about the only thing that we can be do can do that can be seen as remotely good, and that is simply to respond to the golf to that call from God to submit. And that choice and that choice alone is what we claim to have done to make us Christians. Uh, after all, it's simply a choice to continue to submit, uh, to do as our master wishes. Why? Because it's good for us. Now, is that humiliating? It's humbling, to be sure, but that's not quite the same. Um, though the words have the same root and can sound similar. You know, humiliation is about shame being mean, made to be seen as worthless, as undervalued. But God holds us in very high value. That's why He wants our submission. I think, you know, if we were worthless, then God had would have no need or desire for us. There would be no value in us submitting to Him. And we know this because when we do submit, He doesn't use us selfishly. Quite the opposite, actually. The more we give up the control, the more we submit and allow Him to work through us, the better our lives get. As we learn to trust and lean on Him, our earthly life tends to improve. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here, which I think has a drop of truth in an ocean of deception, but rather that allowing ourselves to be ruled, to be molded into something more Christ-like has some real benefits. You know, we learn how to handle relationships as well as material things better. We learn better time management, how to have healthy boundaries. And yes, these things might lead you to more wealth and prosperity, but that's not guaranteed. What is guaranteed is that you will be led to a better life, which will look different for every person. But no one willingly submits to God and follows his guidance ever looks back and says, Ah, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, a lot of people grow up in the faith, feel forced to submit to the rules and regret that, but not if they've made that choice to make it their own. Now, God is perfect and all loving and all knowing, so of course our submission to him yields nothing but goodness. You know, submitting to sinful, broken humans is obviously more problematic. Yet that doesn't stop God from telling us to do it. You know, numerous times in the Bible, we find verses telling us to submit to humans. You know, we have uh, Romans 13 verses 1 to 2 tells us, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. 1 Peter 2 verses 13 to 21 starts with, therefore submit yourselves to every governance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do good, for it is the will of God. And it continues. 
We have, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders in 1 Peter 5. Uh, we have fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You know, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters in Ephesians 6. We have children, obey your parents, also in Ephesians 6. We have uh, slaves, obey your masters in Colossians. We have a reminder to be subject to the rulers and authorities in Titus 3. So God, knowing how broken and sinful we are, knowing that we are so bad, we need a savior because nothing else could redeem us. You know, he still chose to command us to submit to humans. And of course, it's generally in situations where that person is supposed to care for us, be they a government official, a parent, or fellow believer, but even more so when they're your spouse. So then how can it be humiliating to willingly submit to them? Based on what I see in the Bible, choosing to submit to your husband for the purpose of sexual pleasure is in no way seen as humiliating or sinful. But some will still feel humiliated. Some have dealt with abuses of power or perhaps have an incorrect view of submission, one that's focused more on an abusive model. Some may believe that humans can't be trusted with this sort of power. Some may simply be so in love with the idea of absolute personal freedom that they may not be willing to submit to anyone or anything. And I'm not saying that they all need to learn to submit in the bedroom. What I'm saying is that we all need to learn to submit at one time or another, at the very least to God. But according to the Bible, as I read it, we need to be willing to give that submission to others as well, as well when appropriate, which may be all of the time. You know, Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So, no, I don't consider submission to be humiliation at all. So what about calling your husband sir in bed? Uh, some people like to mark this power exchange by using titles. And for me, here's where you can get into a gray area depending on the reason. Because titles have been used uh, two ways that I can think of. Uh, the first is as a sign of respect. And the second is a sign of humiliation or dehumanization or disassociation. And the way I see it, if you want to mark that power exchange by using titles as a sign of respect, endearment, or simply to make it clear that this is power exchange playtime and it separates it from normal time, then I don't see a reason not to. But if you're using it to make yourself an object, less human in some way, or it's a mechanism for humiliation or disassociation, you know, distancing the relational aspect of your interaction, then I think you need to be careful. As well, I think it depends on people's association for the words. For some, using titles like sir, lord, master, my king, etc. is sexy and arousing. But for others, it might seem blasphemous and a turnoff. Some Christians grow up believing some titles should only be used by God. Personally, I think the title God should only be used when referring to God, but titles like Lord aren't exclusively linked to God. You know, uh, Oxford Dictionary says a Lord is someone or something having power, authority, or influence, a master or ruler. Uh, it's not necessarily linked to any kind of deity or religion or anything like that. So I think that's one of those, if it bothers you, then don't do it. I mean, the idea is that it's supposed to be fun play, and if it's not fun, well, then that's kind of defeated the purpose. And I also wanted to say, and I forgot to write this in the blog post, that the Bible actually uses the term Lord for people other than God as well. Uh, there's many people who get called Lord from time to time, be they King, or even Sarah calls Abraham Lord. So there's almost a precedence there that it's okay. And that call, it could be cultural, but it's clearly not a big problem. 
So what about calling your husband daddy in bed? And here, again, I think is where you get people answering based on how they associate the word. For some, calling your husband daddy is more about the position or feeling cared for or taken care of, provided for, etc. In the same way, we call God father. He's not our biological father. In a sense, he's our adopted father. But really, we call him father because of his goodness and how he cares for us. And others can't get over this association that daddy equals, well, daddy. To them, the idea of calling their husband daddy is disgusting and incestuous. Some hate to call God father as well because of the association that brings due to their earthly father um, or lack thereof. In fact, there's a book written about a man having this experience called Finding the Father and his journey to understand what sort of father God is after growing up with a broken view of what a father should be. And I have five children who have called me daddy since they were little kids. And using that term in a sexual context, uh, just, I don't think I could make that mental shift needed. So for me, that's a bit of a turnoff. Um, others have the same feeling about the term of endearment, babe. You know, Christina called me babe just once to try it out because that's what my brother and his wife call each other. Uh, and frankly, they can have it. It is not for us. I am not her baby and never want to be associated that way. Uh, for both of us, is just a complete turnoff. But I understand that for others, that association isn't the same. So I think it's up to you and how you process that word and what it means for you. And lastly, I know somebody's going to ask, you know, what if the genders are reverse? And to be honest, I, I don't know. I get really confused about that question, which I'm not used to feeling. I, I'm usually pretty clear on what I believe and why I believe it. Uh, and with this one, my only real concern, I think, is that if the genders are reversed, you know, from my experience, what happens in the bedroom tends to spill out into the rest of the marriage. And marriages are holistic. Nothing is self-contained self-contained. And as I've said, my personal belief is that husbands should be leading the marriage. And if they're usually taking a submissive position in the bedroom, then I worry about how that would affect the rest of the marriage. But it just might just be that this is my own personal bias based on my marriage dynamic and my experiences of talking to some couples where the dynamics like that have negatively impacted their relationship. But it doesn't mean it'll happen as a rule. And there's definitely something enticing about a woman who knows what she wants and is assertive enough to state that desire. So I guess the best answer I have is to make your own decisions based on your dynamic and your convictions. As for dominance and submission games in general, uh, I can't see a biblical or psychological reason not to engage in them other than for the reasons stated above, past abuse and associations. And frankly, there's a ton more to cover here on the whole topic if people are interested. But today, I just wanted to answer these kind of basic questions and hopefully relieve some people's minds and make them feel okay. So uh, if you're interested in trying it, talk to your spouse. If you're not, then don't worry about it. Or if you aren't sure, you know, you can check out our exploration list and it might help you have a much broader conversation about what you and your spouse like and don't like in the bedroom. And like I said, if you want to get one free, check out our supporters page. Links in the show notes. That's it for now. Don't forget to fill out the survey and hopefully I'll have the rest of the anonymous questions up soon. See ya.